Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Well, we're in the midst of this brutal stretch for the Bulls, and they start off with two close losses. Then they came back and got two pretty convincing wins, including one over what should be an Eastern Conference contender, but isn't. And we're going to talk a lot about that situation as well on this week's episode of Believe in Bulls here on the Believe Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. I am your host, Nick Schultz. It's great to be back with you here alongside my co-host, former Bulls bench Bob member and Tennessee ball CJ Watson. CJ, a couple good games to talk about today, man. This is going to be fun. Yeah, it's a great week, you know, 2-0, uh, riding strong and see where it takes us. Yeah, and you said it's going to be a big week, and it's been a big week indeed. My word of the week was opportunities, and we're going to talk a lot about the opportunities. Bulls capitalized on one in Brooklyn because that situation's a mess. Then they came back on the second half of a back-to-back and did really, really well at the United Center. Bench mob coming through. We're going to talk to you about that. But before we do, I have to tell you about our friends at Bet Online. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. It's always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. College hoops is just a few days away as well. You can get in on the action at Bet Online. What are you waiting for? Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B L E A V. Get that 50% welcome bonus at Bet Online. It's where the game starts. Also, we have an official T-shirt of this show, Jordan Pippen 98, The Last Dance, exclusively at the Believe Shop, shop.believe.com. The guys are doing a great job over there. A lot of good stuff, but the official shirt of this podcast is Jordan Pippen 98, The Last Dance, Election Day is a few days away, if you're interested in that stuff. We can wear that shirt on Election Day. It's really cool. I'm really excited about that, shop.believe.com. Well... Bulls got a win over the Nets, and that was a good day to get a win over the Nets because that was the same day the Nets fired Steve Nash. And that was just a crazy day. It's a crazy situation in Brooklyn. Bulls were down, came back and won 108-99. to Zach Levine took over in the fourth quarter. And we'll talk about the Charlotte game too, but that Brooklyn situation, everything going on off the court, because it seems like there's always something going on off the court with that team. Steve Nash gets fired that day. There's all the stuff going on with Kyrie Irving. Remember the stuff in the offseason with Kevin Durant. I told you I, were, I wasn't sure what we were going to see out of Brooklyn. Right. I think we're starting to see there's a lot going on and it's affecting on the court. So I want to ask you, as someone who's obviously played in the league as long as you did, do you hear that stuff when you're gearing up to face an opponent? And if so, does that impact your preparation at all? Um, it doesn't in- impact your preparation, but you definitely, it's in your mental, you know, um, all that stuff off the court. Um, it gets into your locker room, you know, each and every, each and every player hears the, the rumblings, you know, from their camps, from friends, from family and uh, from media. So, you know, uh, it's there 24 seven. So it's hard to, unless you're winning games, it's hard to block it out and they're not winning any games. So um, uh, more of the talk is about what's happening off the court with the coaching situation and all that kind of stuff instead of winning games. Yeah, that just made it even more. That was, I told you on the show the other day, I thought that was an opportunity with everything mm-hmm. going on. And then I heard, I saw Shams's tweet that Nash got fired. And all of a sudden, like, okay, now this is really an opportunity. Yeah, like, yeah. you can go in there. They're <laughs> undergoing, they have an interim, or I think he's an acting head coach because right. they're going to hire Ime Udoka, apparently, which that's a whole nother discussion that we can maybe have later in the show or at some point down the road. 
because that's another interesting situation. But the fact that they were able to capitalize on that opportunity and Zach took over in the fourth quarter, I thought to me that showed this team can be legitimate if it's playing to its full potential, which we haven't seen a lot of early on, especially with Zach being in and out of the lineup. But to do that on TNT, which are not the TNT Bulls because they were on the road, to do that, I really, I am really happy with how that game went. Yeah, like I said, I watched, that's the first time I actually watched the game and watched the Bulls and really was able to dissect them. Um, I love the ball movement that they had, um, getting from side to side. Um, every time Vooch had a mismatch, they uh, tried to give him the ball. Um, especially when you have Kevin Durant guarding him, you know, Vooch, you got to take advantage of that. And that's what they did. And uh, I have to give the game ball to Dragic. You know, the Dragon came through um, and he was knocking down shots. Big shots and uh, just a steady veteran. What you want to? That's why you signed him, you know, to keep uh keep the point guard position steady and uh, coming off the bench. And that's what he does each and every night. And I want to talk about Dragic too, because he had a monster game against Charlotte the night after. But I want to stay on this Brooklyn game because you talk about the usage of Vooch. That mm-hmm. was a game where I thought Vooch could have eaten, and now he didn't score a lot. I think right. he had. And when I say he didn't score a lot, I think he had three points. Like yeah, yeah. he did not score, but he did more passing the ball rebounding this goes back to what we talked about he is an underrated passer and you see how the bulls can use that as a weapon against these teams that had these mismatches for sure especially when like i said you got a small on boots you know he draws so much attention so he's a great passer just like you said so he kicks it out or like i said he, he wasn't really scoring a lot but just the attention that he was drawing and getting mismatches and then uh zach Levine went off you know he had a couple threes and i think there was one stretch like in the third or fourth quarter uh he, he hit one three then he came down off a pin down and he was like three or four feet from the line. I was like, no, he's not going to shoot this. And he shoots it. And it was, it was a deep three, like Steph Curry range. And it was, that was big. That was a big shot in the point of the game. And I think it was big for his confidence too. Yeah. The confidence is a big thing, especially coming off that knee. And then he played against Charlotte in the second half of back to back. That was his first back to back of the year. But yeah. that felt to me, that Brooklyn game felt like him putting it together. It felt yeah. like him kind of coming into his own, getting he's remember he didn't have the full summer of conditioning. So he's Mm -hmm. still working back in that regard. And that's why people were criticizing the max contract. Give it time. And now you're seeing, okay, he can do it. He's done it this year. I want to see him do it again. But with that knee, it's going to be one of these years where it's going to be up and down. But I hope we have more ups and downs. I feel like that might be the key. Yeah, for sure. It's all about consistency, you know, and that's what the NBA season is about, being consistent um, over a long period of time. You know, it's not, you know, one or two weeks or a month. So it's good that he has his time to get get his legs under him, you know, find his confidence, find the chemistry with his teammates, you know, and, and just flourish like he has. That game also showed, we talk a lot about, and even the game against Charlotte especially showed, we talk a lot about Zach and DeMar being the top two options on this team. And I think that's understandably so. It was mm-hmm. weird seeing DeMar, Mr. Fourth Quarter, kind of take a back seat while Zach became Mr. Fourth Quarter against Brooklyn. But you're seeing now, especially Patrick Williams, who I really want to talk about because Billy mm-hmm. talked about after the Charlotte game, he seems to be coming into his own. Iota Sumu keeps doing good things. The <clears> bench <throat> is coming through. Oh, by the way, we talked a lot about Andre Drummond the other day. They did not have Andre Drummond in either of these games because he's dealing with that shoulder injury. So the fact yep. that they're doing all this without a key player, these are some really good signs. I keep putting the disclaimer out there. It's early. It is still very early. It's only nine games in out of 82, but through the first, well, for all intents and purposes, for the first 10 games, really good start despite kind of the up and down nature, but they played close games too. It's not like they're getting blown out. Yeah, yeah, that's why I said it's, it's all about the death and the chart and uh, just patience. You know, patience patience is a virtue. And uh, as the season goes along, things are going to start, you know, showing themselves. And uh, these guys are going to start, you know, playing better, um, getting the chemistry, gelling together. And that's what you're seeing, you know, you're seeing all these things come together. And, you know, when, once your superstars get that and your role players get that and your confidence comes along, 
and everyone just starts to gel. You know, patience and confidence are two words that I feel like kind of define Patrick Williams. We have been mm -hmm. waiting for Patrick Williams to break out. We've seen the flashes. You've seen mm -hmm. what he can do like the last game of the year when everybody sits and he becomes kind of the guy. We saw it in the summer league. Here are some stats for the first four games of the year. Patrick Williams averaged 5.3 points per game, 2.3 rebounds per game. That was when we kind of talked like, okay, is it time to worry? I don't know what's changed, and we're going to talk about it. We're going to speculate because through the last five games, he's <clears throat> averaging 11.4 points and 3.4 rebounds, but most importantly, he's being aggressive, shooting the three, going to the rim. <clears throat> I want to ask you, what do you think has changed with him? Because I'm seeing a completely different player out on the court. I think he's he's listened to our podcast. He's heard you complain <laughs> about him. Uh, <laughs> I hope uh, I haven't he, complained I, too much because I'm a big fan <laughs> of the kid. <laughs> yeah, he's trying he's trying to shut you up. No, but seriously, That's I think fine. it's just I think it's just uh just coming over time, uh, getting adjusted to the system, um, and then also just like I said, just learning the NBA season. You know, going as you go along the NBA season, you're trying to find your niche. Um, you're trying to get your naps uh, at the same times. So you try to go in early and get your shots up. And I think it's just all about confidence. He's getting confidence at each and every game, and that's what's going to continue to gel over the season. Well, Patrick, if you are listening to this, I am a big fan. <laughs> I really want the kid to succeed. I hope I haven't complained too much because I want to see more. Like, I, I mean, Billy talked about it in the post-game press conference after Charlotte. This is a guy who came off the bench at Florida State. Now, in a Leonard Hamilton system, that doesn't mean anything. I mean, he played right. starter minutes at Florida State. He just didn't start. Then you come to the NBA in the COVID year, and that was just a weird year all around. Then Billy said he had a good summer. Then, bam, breaks his hand out seven months. So he had a weird mm -hmm. year last year. Now he's got a full year if he can stay healthy. And so far through the first nine games, really liking what we're seeing. And you called it. Remember, I was sitting here asking if we should move him, if Billy should move him to the bench, all yeah. that. You said keep him in the starting lineup. You were right because now he's starting to show out with those starters. Yeah, like I said, you know, the key word is patience. You know, I think he's trying to find out where he can get his shots at. Um, I think a lot in the in the Charlotte game a couple of times he got in transition and got a couple of buckets, which boosts your confidence right there. Uh, getting to the free throw line, just doing little things, I think is going to help him throughout the season. And the big thing, like you keep saying, is consistency. I want to see it over and over, like a five-game sample size. After that first four, that's good. But mm -hmm. out of 82 games, you need to see more and more. Right. You know what you're going to get on the defensive end. That comes okay. game in, game out. I'm not worried about defense. That's why I was sitting here saying, okay, maybe that's why you keep him in the starting lineup. Now, if he's putting that offense together too, yeah. you're going to have yourself a really good two-way player with your best two-way player still yet to come back. Yeah, they're going to be scary. Like I said, as the season goes along, you'll start to see you know, bits and pieces of, of each and every player, you know, add something to their game. And uh, it's only going to help the team. That's going to help their playoff chances and hopefully, you know, get them past that first or second round. So when you're kind of in that rut, and I know it's a little different because Patrick Williams is so young. And like I said, the kind of the mental difference between coming off the bench in college and starting in the NBA, that's yeah. a lot of pressure, but especially lately to turn it, to turn it around like this so quick. What do you think the difference was? Is it film? I know he said his brother kind of got on him a little bit. And as an older yeah. brother, I can tell you, like I get on my brother right. to do stuff all the time. Like, yeah. is it maybe something like that or did something just click? I think, you know, it's probably a little bit of everything, you know, once you start playing bad or not playing up to your capabilities, you know, your family watches the game, they see things that they know you can be doing better. Um, you watch film with the coaches um, and the coaches, I'm sure, are giving them confidence or giving them leeway. But um, I think it's just uh, just all just like I said, just you got to be patient. You got to take your time. And uh, it could be a little bit of everything, watching more film, get in the gym, just staying uh, true to your training, um, always getting your shots up. And I think that's going to that's going to show in the end. I think the part that I like the most, and this is something with just the way the game is going, he's starting to take more threes. 
early mm. in the year and even late last year when he came back. He passed up on those open threes sometimes and try to make that extra pass. Now yeah. he's starting to be more aggressive. And this is something Will Purdue talked about on the post game after the Charlotte game. That is a really good sign that he's yeah. being more aggressive. Stacey King talked about it on the broadcast too. There were a couple, the couple threes he made against Charlotte. He doesn't take those right. a week ago, a week and a half ago. Yeah. Now, like you said, something it's all coming together. And I think it's coming together at a really good time because now they're over 500 again. Yeah, for sure. And I think that some of those uh, with him taking more threes, you know, uh, DeMar is not a big three point shooter yet. Zach, obviously, um, you got Alex Caruso who shoots threes, um, Kobe White also, uh, Io. Um, but, you know, we need those those threes. You got to get them up, especially in the, today's game. Uh, you got to make threes and take threes. Exactly. And I think I think that's the best part to me is that he's taking those threes. Yeah. Now, I, I'm not going to lie. I don't care if he misses them. Because I just wanted to be aggressive well, and get that confidence up. I need, I need, I need to make them. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's the way. I mean, okay. If the rest of the team is missing them, yeah, you've got to have them. Right. But the fact that with the way he's developed, if he's taking right. them, to me, that's a good sign. Now, a year from now, I want him to make them all. Right, but I yeah. mean, we're sitting here as we're still talking about his development. Take them, like take that shot. I mean, that's yeah. one thing Porter Moser used to talk about when I covered him at Loyola. He's like, I don't care if guys miss threes. If they're shooting threes, that's a good sign because they're confident, they're being aggressive, and that. So far, the, this little stretch he's in, if he can keep this up, man, that's going to be really, really, really tough to defend. And then just on both ends of the floor, that's going to yeah. be really good going forward. Yeah, for sure. It just shows his growth that, you know, he's getting better and adding things to his game. And that's what you want to see in young players, especially guys that you drafted. You want to see that they're adding things to their game, getting better each year. And we're going to talk about the older guys now. I want to pivot because we talked about Goran Dragic a little bit earlier. He had a big game against Charlotte. Like, I mean, he even had the one play and they compared it to Scottie Pippen used to do it in the 90s where he bounced it off the defender's back and put it yeah. in through the layup against, against the Hornets. That was really cool. Final score of that game, again, 106-88. to 88. They dominated like they should have because they should have beaten Charlotte. No LaMelo ball, no Terry Rozier, no bridges because of everything going on with his situation. Gordon Hayward was out in the second half with an injury. That's where we talk about it, the opportunities. They had the opportunities and the bench dropped 50 freaking points. Yeah. in that game and i mean as someone who came off the bench i had to make you really happy yeah yeah the bench you know uh i would have to say they're a bench mob you know 2.22 <laughs> all right they're, they're, they're doing great you know uh like i said drag drag is you know is, is the main man on the off the bench um bringing the steady horse you know uh scoring leading the team getting assists uh playing defense taking charges um and everyone is, is, is following his lead this is one of the biggest criticisms i had this offseason is the lack of moves we i told you the Hawks went out and got DeJounte Murray. The Celtics went out and they they went and got some dudes. I know Danilo Gallinari hasn't played yet, but they went and got him. I want him on the Bulls. PJ yeah. Tucker is on the 76ers. The Bulls got Goran Dragic and Andre Drummond. But maybe Arturus Karnaschovas saw something that we didn't. Maybe he saw that those guys still had plenty left in the tank to lead the second unit. And it's paying off early in the year because that's how you handle back-to-backs. Yeah, for sure. They they've coming off, you know, and in, in, in playing game. Drummond um, hasn't played the last couple of games, but Dragic has shown you why he's still in the NBA and why he's still one of the best, you know, backup point guards in this league. Yeah, and I think the fact that Demar, we talked about when Zach's out, does we should not rely on Demar to score thirty points a game. That's right. not sustainable. But on back to backs, you don't want to rely on your starters to have big games because Demar didn't have a big game. Zach didn't have a big game. Io didn't have a big game. There's Goran Dragic, there's Derek Jones, there's Kobe White, there's Alex Caruso doing Alex Caruso things right. coming off the bench. That is exactly how I want to see back-to-backs. Use everybody on your team 
And that's how you can sustain it and go forward through this tough stretch without burning people out and using their legs too much. Right. And that's what's going to last you the whole season. Also, like you said, Derek Jones comes in, uh, brings great hustle, gets hits the offensive glass, gets three or four uh, chances at a put back in Brooklyn. Um, Crusoe diving on the floor, a big, big possession in Brooklyn that uh, sealed the ball and sealed the game probably. Um, so that you want to see those efforts uh, coming from your guys off the bench. So hopefully your starters will, you know, will see that and, and produce it also. And I keep, I hate that we do this every, every day on here, but I feel like we mm-hmm. need to just because Lonzo is coming back. Yeah. I would assume it was going to move to that second unit and think about that with mm-hmm. Goran Dragic playing at the level he's playing at. And the fact that they dropped 50 points off the bench without Andre Drummond, when you get him back healthy, you've got Caruso playing at the level he's playing at. You've got Jones, you've got Kobe white. I hope Dalen Terry can maybe get into the mix here as well. That is a really strong second unit. And Kendall Gill and Will on the postgame show, they, they call it the best bench in the league. I'm not ready to say that yeah. yet. Not ready to go there yet. Small sample size, not fully healthy, but they can make a case for it once they do get healthy, I feel like. Yeah, for sure. All you want is production. You know, you don't really care who has the best bench. You just want to go out there and get production. That's the biggest thing. If your uh, bench players can come and give you just as much or at least more uh, production as your starters, then you're in, you're in pretty good shape to, to win the game and win a lot of games in the season. Now, and I... I don't want to start standings watching yet. I know 93.9 in Chicago is playing Christmas music already. They started December mm-hmm. or November 1st. I want to wait until about Christmas time to start standings watching. Maybe, maybe a little before that just to get an idea. Right. But with the way these teams are struggling, and I talk about Brooklyn being a mixed bag, that situation, that feels like it's just coming to a head. I don't know mm. where that's going to go. Right. I mean, you've got other teams that are struggling. Philadelphia. I think Milwaukee's starting to run away with the division already just because they're playing really, really, really well. You got other teams that are playing well, but if you have a good bench like this, you can help make that push and make that a little bit more uncomfortable for those teams toward the top of the standings, but you've got to keep it going. This is a very small sample size. You're an eighth of the way through the season. I want to see it through two ways and then halfway through, you know, a third way through halfway through, this has got to be a consistent thing. If anyone's going to do it, it's Billy Donovan. Yeah, you want to give yourself some leeway, uh, like you always been saying, but also about being consistent. So early on in the season, just try to win as many games as you can. Find yourself, find your identity, and uh, hopefully by that All Star break, you know you're sitting, you know, one, two, top of your division, and hopefully, you know, maybe you know four or five, six in the in the in the East standing. So that would be that would be great for the Bulls, I think, and I'm sure they would be happy with that position also. It'll also be really nice when they're not playing seven games over like eight days yeah. or nine days, however much it is. Because they've got Boston coming up Friday, the day this podcast drops, Friday. Then they've got Toronto back-to-back Sunday, Monday, before things lighten up and you start getting two days between games. And you get some of the – I know we talk about there's no days off in the NBA, especially in the Eastern Conference. But you start getting some of these teams that are maybe rebuilding and aren't thought highly Mm -hmm. of. You get through these next three games unscathed. I mean, I worry about the injury bug a little bit. You know, Io's been in and out of the lineup with that chest bruise, Drummond with that shoulder injury. But for the most part, even with Zach's knee playing in that back-to-back, they've been healthy through this tough stretch, get through these next three games, and I think that's going to show us a lot. Yeah, I think so, too. You know, um, just trying to be injury-free, but good thing about the NBA, um, as just as one team has a hard schedule, all the other teams have the same hard schedule. So right. <laughs> it just depends on when it, when it hits you. Um, so just trying to stay healthy throughout the season. And uh, just like I said, just trying to win as many games as possible and finding your identity and finding your rhythm throughout the season. That's the thing that's, that's big for, especially going to the end of the season and going to the playoffs. You know, I know it kind of sucks having this early in the year like this, like this really 
brutal stretch where it feels like they just don't have a day off. Like, I feel like I'm always watching a Bulls game, like, every day. Yeah. I feel like it's baseball season. Is it better, do you think, to have this early in the year than later in the year? Or do you think it matters at all? Um, I don't think it matters, really. Um, I think you just approach it game by game. Um, like I said, and just try to be healthy um, and just get your rest, uh, recovery. I think that's the biggest thing, especially throughout the NBA season. Yeah, and health is the big thing. That's always like yeah. the biggest thing here because that was the difference last year. Remember, they were the number one seed in the East when they were healthy. Bam, Lonzo goes right. down. Bam, Zach goes down. Bam, Caruso goes down. Those are three big pieces to lose. So the fact that yeah. they're staying relatively healthy through this, but it, it's a long season. Anything can happen. I mean, last year at this time, I was talking about, I just it just came up on my Facebook memories today. The super fast start they had to the year where they were undefeated. They were running through teams, looking really good. That's how you put yourself in position to be in position. Like I said the other day, I feel like that's the key, at least for the next few weeks until about Christmas time. Then I'll finally start looking at the standings. Right. Yeah, for sure. Even like last year, um, DeMar was, you know, had a big, heavy load. So it's hard to put that, that amount of pressure in that load on one player, especially he didn't have a lot of help. So he was out there trying to you know, drop 40 or 50 just to get them in, in a close game or even win the game. So uh, you want to stay healthy so you don't have to put all that pressure on one person. And the bench creates that backstop where you don't have to mm -hmm. rely on Zach and DeMar to go out and drop 28 a game every night. Right. Like you've yeah. got, if Dragic can come in and drop 16, like he did against Charlotte, Drummond can come in and drop, I'm lowballing, let's say 15. I mean, I know right. he scores in volume is like 17, 18 a game. He puts up starter numbers. If you can get Kobe White to hit two or three threes, if Caruso can find that three-point shot, that's going to yeah. take a lot of the stress off your big guys. And yeah. then going forward, that's going to make it easier as the schedule goes along. You get later in the year, guys start getting a little bit more dinged up and bumps mm -hmm. and bruises and everything. That's when things can, you have a safety net. Right. Yeah, for sure. And then you can give some guys some rest later on in the season, like your starters, let your bench players come in there and let your two-way guys maybe come in there and, and get some playing time, some NBA experience. And you know, that might help you, you know, down the line. So you never know. So just, like I said, it's just about uh, taking it one day at a time, one game at a time, and just trying to stay healthy and trying to win as many as possible. And I feel like that can kind of start the load management debate. I know people like I, I know yeah. <laughs> people who aren't fans of it. I understand like it's the old Michael Jordan thing. I'm going to go out and play on a random Tuesday in November, give them my best because the fans came to see me. Right. But you've also got to think of the health of your team. This team yeah. is in a weird spot. Middle of the pack in the East. I think they're not the best. They're not the worst. I think they're guaranteed the play in tournament. Just going to knock on wood. I think they, I think they're a play in team at the very right. least, but when you're on this bubble, you have to prioritize your health and that's going to be the message going forward. At least I think it should be. Yeah. I'm sure Billy Donovan has that, you know, in the back of his head, just trying to keep his players healthy, especially his main guys. And uh, like you said, just giving everyone um, some, some minutes out there to get some rhythm, get some rotations, and then also find their confidence and find their game. That's going to help them only in the end. In Billy, we trust that that was my message last week. Hey, I mean, in, that's in what you say. I'm riding with it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the guy's resume speaks for himself. I love listening to his press conferences. Like mm. I'm not one of those, like I listen to enough press conferences during the week with right. on three. I mean, I'm, I'm listening to guys all over the country and Jimbo Fisher talks really fast. Kirk Ferentz talks really slow and I, they have different messages. Billy Donovan. I feel like I learned something yeah. every time he speaks. And to me, that's a sign of a good coach because the last guy who I'm not going to say his name this time, that'd be three episodes in a row that I brought up hmm. his name. The last well guy, say it now. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say it now. That's part of the bit. I'm not going to say it now. I mean, I got to sit in on a press conference of his when I, I did an internship at NBC mm -hmm. Sports Chicago. So I got to go. I still got the video. I right. didn't learn anything. I sat there listening. I'm like rolling my eyes. Now with Billy Donovan, I'm out here going, Hey, I learned something about why he thinks Patrick Williams is turning the corner. I learned right. something. 
about why Zach Levine played a back-to-back in the beginning of November. That's right. a really good thing for this group as they develop because they're still it's only it, they've only spent a year together. They've still got new pieces. They're still learning how to play together. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I said, I don't really know uh, or watch press conferences that much, but uh, I don't I blame think, you. <laughs> I think I think Billy is a is a great motivator, a uh, great coach, and uh, it seems like someone that any player would want to play for because um, let you go out there. He, may, he lets you make mistakes, but also learns and teaches you at the same time. So I think that's great uh, as a coach to give your players that that respect and that freedom. I also love listening to his New York accent when he's talking about our tourists. Now he's got yeah, the New yeah. York, he's got our tourists and Mark like that to me, yeah. like as, as someone who, you know, I got audio for the show and listen to these, yeah. like, that's just, that's audio. It, it appeals to my ears. Like that's just, yeah. it's audio gold. But that's he, kinda, he's, he's been around the block a couple of times. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, how many, he won, what do you do? Back to back national championships of Florida. Our guy, Joe yeah. King can tell us about yeah, that. Don't, I mean, don't, mean, don't mention that. Yeah. I see, mean, the, it, see the Tennessee back there. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you have fun with Rick Barnes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the guy's resume speaks for itself. This he's going to get the most out of this team. I think he's the big reason why Patrick Williams is turning it around just because you talk about instilling that confidence. So mm-hmm. then you, you mix that with the bench playing well, and you've got a really good recipe. And I I don't know, is he your favorite for coach of the year? I don't, it's probably too early to say that, but I think he's going to have to make a case that the Bulls make a run. Yeah, I think so. Uh, like I said, probably too early in the year, but um, if the Bulls continue to to make leaps and bounds, um, he's, he's probably definitely, you know, one of those names in the hat that you can pick out from and um, probably give them, give them their flowers. But like I said, they just got to keep it, keep it steady, keep the ship steady, um, get everybody back healthy, get everybody back, everyone back gelling on the same page and, and they'll be fine. Well, once they get through these next three games, things are going to get a lot easier because they're at Boston on Friday. Then they got back-to-back against Toronto, at Toronto on Sunday, home against Toronto on Monday. It's not easy because I that Boston team, even with everything going on with the coaching change that's coming, with Ime Odoka apparently going to Brooklyn, which talk about a windfall there. Steve Nash gets fired in the morning. Ime Odoka is going to be the coach by the afternoon. And the Nets follow the Bulls that night. Like that's just that was a that was that day was the longest week of my life. But mm-hmm. you've got all these teams now. Then it lightens up. We got Orlando. You've got New Orleans. You've got a few teams outside your division. I want to see what happens after these three games because this this stretch scared me. And I I told you that over and over. This yeah. little stretch worried me, especially so soon in the year with Zach's knee. They're proving they can handle it, and that to me bodes well in the long run. Yeah, for sure. Even these next three games are going to be tough because I think Toronto is my sleeper team in the East. Um, I agree. They're, they're no one to you know to 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 say, oh, that's a that's a definite win for us. But um, they're they're tough home on road. They got a lot of a great group. Uh, Boston's probably uh, going to be a tough out. Um, so uh, these next three games, I, I think are going to be tough. If they can get you know one or two of these, um, it'd be good for their their mental confidence. Exactly. If they can get two of them, I think that's ideal. I don't want, I'm not expecting them to win all three just because I mean, yeah. you've got three games in four days. Toronto is two of those and they're bigger than you are. And against yeah. bigger teams, that's tough. So I would, if they can win two out of three, I'd be really happy. But like you said, win one, you're going to stay around 500 going into a little easier stretch. That's going to bode really well. And we're going to, mm-hmm. we're going to recap all that next week. We're going to hopefully have a lot more fun because this was a really fun conversation. We went all over the place. That's going to be a wrap for today's episode of Believe in Bulls here on the Believe Network, presented by, as always, our friends at Bet Online. Use that promo code, a 50% welcome bonus, B-L-E-A-V. You can bet on the Bulls. You can bet on the Bears. You, you've got college basketball starting. You've still got some World Series games, and, you know, the combined no-hitter, if you're into that stuff. you got that as well. Everything, all that at Bet Online, And buy our shirt, Jordan Pippen 98, The Last Dance, shop.believe.com. They've got a lot of good stuff over there. Cam Rogers and the guys are doing great work. Go check that out. Also, subscribe. 
Apple, Spotify. We're on YouTube. Wherever you get your podcast, check us out. We'll be back here on Tuesday next week. We're going to recap the end of this really brutal stretch that I won't shut up about. Then we'll talk about where things can go from here. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you back here next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.